Welcome to We Are SC Game Day. This is Eric McKinney, joined by Greg Katz. Greg, another Friday night game coming up for USC. This will be their second Friday night game this season. They're first on the road, and they're playing a team in Colorado that has had a ton of these Friday night games. If any team in the Pac-12 uh, is ready for a Friday night game, it's Colorado. They've got a, a blackout going uh, for their fans. And, and Again, this is something that right off the top, I think, is worth getting into before we even talk a little bit about Arizona last week or, or even about the Colorado game. Friday night road game for USC. Forget who they're playing. If, if they were playing, you know, the, the 49ers this week or the Patriots this week or, or a high school team, whatever it is, Friday night road game. That, that is something that has given Pac-12 teams a ton of trouble and road games in particular, any kind of road game has given USC a ton of trouble. What are your thoughts on USC getting out? It, uh, again, it, it's a night game. It's a road game. It's a Friday night game, uh, getting out there to Boulder and, and having to play this game in these circumstances. Well, I think one of the circumstances we have to consider is the weather and the altitude. Uh, you know, the weather, um, I'm flying in, uh, flew in on Thursday, I guess we can put it that way, and there was supposed to be snowing, so uh, that's one element, although they said it's supposed to be sunny on uh, Friday, and a high of about 51, and a low of, uh, I guess, 41, but again, you have to go by what it feels like, so I assume feels like at 51 is at 7 o'clock, will probably be 47 or 46 by the time it's the second half. So it might be even colder. But, you know, SC does have something going for it. I mean, they played at Notre Dame. It was cold. It was windy. I don't think the, the environment at Colorado, Folsom Field, I know the stands are right on top of the field. But if you can survive and almost beat Notre Dame and Notre Dame Stadium, you have no excuses as far as I'm concerned. Now, you know, the thing about Colorado is they don't win on the road either. Uh, you know, they're coming off back-to-back -back road losses. And, uh, you know, they're not doing very well in the conference. Uh, and especially in the South Division. Th this is it for them. I, I don't think there's any illusion they're going to win the Pac-12 South. But for their own uh, self-esteem, and it's a Friday night, it's on national television. They have a, a lot of reasons to, to show up. And I, and I, think, I think they will. Yeah, I, I think it's it's one of those things. You mentioned the Notre Dame game. Had USC not put that second half together on the road, uh, I think there there's a lot of apprehend a lot more apprehension about this game than the fact that they were able to do that. The fact that they were able to build off of that against Arizona, I think, and we can go back a little bit now talk about that Arizona game. I think what they did against Arizona, especially the way they came out defensively. And again, you talk about, was it a moral victory? Did they at least take something from that Notre Dame loss? I think against Arizona, the way they were playing under the circumstances of having so many guys out, that, that was impressive. Again, is Arizona one of the better teams in the Pac-12 this year? Clearly not. I mean, they, they can't sort of get things figured out on both sides of the ball at the same time. But when a team like that comes into your home stadium, you have to treat them the way USC did. And I think that was a positive. I think this team, again, for being four and three on the season, which certainly is not where anybody affiliated with USC wanted to be at this point, the fact that they were able to play like that against Notre Dame, the fact that they were able to play like that against Arizona, 
I think they take a lot of momentum in to this road trip to Colorado. Looking back at Arizona, again, it's the, the, the lineup that we saw getting down to a fourth string, fifth string running back in, in Keenan Kristen and Quincy Jouty with uh, Vivai Malapai, Stephen Carr, Marquis Stepp all out. That's going to be the case again against Colorado. Uh, Drake Jackson, Christian Rector likely not to play against Colorado. Clay Helton said 50-50 for Christian Rector. Uh, Drake Jackson, Palie Nateote, uh, Talanoa Hafanga, three of your you know, better guys, one at each level of the defense, not going to play against Colorado. Looking back at Arizona for you, what, did, did you take anything away from that game that was sort of that you know, capital T truth maybe about this team where you think, this is something that could carry over to uh, the second half of the schedule, which, again, we've talked about at the beginning of the season. You thought, okay, well, they'll be able to pile up some wins over that second half. And, and now every game looks just about as challenging as any game in the first half. Well, I think it's because of the personnel situations. Uh, you know, you, you had three different quarterbacks for USC in the first half of the season. Um, you know, I maybe have a different take than I think most most people that I've talked to. I actually thought SC actually played pretty well on defense because, you know, either uh, Khalil Tate, flying quarterback at uh, Arizona, was hurt or they have internal problems, but they pretty much shut them down. And I, I was impressed with that, uh, especially with the secondary, which was basically a makeshift uh, situation. And, you know, Talanoa, Ufanga, you know, he's, he's not out there. So I, I said to myself, boy, with all those injuries they're having, and I think offensively, I just don't understand why some people didn't think that uh, Keaton Slovis uh, didn't have a good game. To me, a good game for Keaton Slovis begins with no turnovers. And he had no interceptions, and they moved the ball. Uh, you know, by his own admission, maybe, okay, I should have made a, you know, a couple better passes or read it. But you know what? Not hurting your team is almost as important as what you do as far as scoring touchdowns. Now, I can tell you a little bit of the air went out on offense when uh, Steph got injured, and it was really kind of like, uh-oh, what are we going to do now? Because I had said previously that I thought he was the key to the offense in the final uh, five games. I think he's that good. And it was kind of ironic because I was walking off the field with him after the game, and he was talking with some people, and, you know, he's, somebody said, are you, are you hurt? And he said, look, if I was hurt that badly, I wouldn't be able to walk off this field. Well, he didn't know that he had torn a ligament and it's going to require surgery. But I think one of the blessings, uh, using that overworked term blessings, was that Kriston got a lot of playing time. Uh, it resulted in two great touchdown runs. You know, I don't care whether it was against Arizona's, you know, Swiss cheese defense. For what it does for the kids' confidence, and, and his teammates around him. Now, all of his teammates were saying he does this regularly in practice. Well, of course, he may do it now. And we saw a glimpse of, a, of it maybe when the media was allowed to be in practice, which we're not anymore. So we can't verify he's doing it in practice at this point in the season. But it really doesn't matter. It's what he does in the game. Uh, the big question, of course, is who backs him up? So you got uh, Quinty Junji, who I think, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that he fumbled. Uh, you know, one of the things I think people, I think, are getting confused as far as why uh, Quinty was ahead of, of, of Keenan. I think it had more to do with a, saving a redshirt year. Mm -hmm. I think it was the idea that maybe we all know that he's better. But the point is, is 
I think if they didn't have to play him this last game and they could have got down to four remaining games, then Christian would play. Now, I think I think the point is they need, obviously, they need Christian to play. You know, flipping over uh, Dominic Davis, the tailback, okay, so maybe he's not, uh, you know, OG, uh, you know, Anthony Davis, but he's got experience. He came in as a running back. He played running back. He got switched to defense. So they're not totally inexperienced there. But I thought the offense in general, Pippen had a touchdown. I, I think they're okay. But, you know, when you go to Colorado, things happen on the road. This is a big mental block for the Trojans. I, I really believe it. Uh, you know, they've got to have four good quarters there. If they get caught into a game where, you know, Steven Montez gets hot as a quarterback and maybe Slovis throws a pick or two. Remember, Mel Tucker's a defensive guru, the first-year head coach at Colorado. So you got to add that into the equation. But it, 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 bottom line for Arizona, I was, I, was, I was pleased with what they did. And, uh, you know, we'll see if they can carry it over to the next game, you know, with a freshman starting at, at tailback. Yeah, I, I think defensively, Arizona, the Arizona game really felt like the maybe the first game all season where guys, the defensive players for USC were ahead of the Arizona offense. It, it was either, you know, they knew what was coming or they had schemed to where guys were already in the right spot or it was just playing with some confidence. And that's what defensive coordinator Clancy Pendergast, he talked about that. He, he said this is about the time of year where he thought that guys would gel. Now, you look at who's out there for the defense, and it sure doesn't look like who was out there against Fresno State. I mean, it, especially in that Arizona game where, like you said, you know, nickelback Greg Johnson's not out there. Cornerback Elijah Griffin's not out there. We talked about the linebackers and the defensive linemen uh, losing Talanoa. So th those are all guys that were out there, you know, early this season. But – he said it, it was it's guys really now understanding what's going on and I, I mean it's so deep in the season I don't do you want to hear that that that's happening now I mean I guess it's better to hear at some point than to never hear it but the fact that guys are, are sort of playing cohesively and everyone was on the right page that backups know where to go because they've they've worked at it so much and they've gotten reps in practice I think that was big. I think it's going to be interesting to see if the defense plays with that kind of confidence again on the road uh, against Arizona, where again, now some of those guys, you know, you talk about Kanai Malga, the, the game that he had, which was just phenomenal. You're, you're a little bit on tape now and can opposing offenses attack you a little bit. That'll be something I think to watch if that was just kind of an adrenaline playing at home, here's my shot, can you continue playing like that? There's a reason that, you know, Drake Jackson just bullied himself into the starting lineup. There's a reason that Talano Hufanga is looked at as your, you know, your, your big-time leader in the secondary. You would never choose to play without these guys. And so I think it's going to be a real test for that defense to show up again because they've sort of set – a lot of these guys have now set their baseline. You, you think – what they did against Arizona, a very good Arizona offense that had been putting up points and yards kind of all, all season long, th there's going to be some ex expectation of let's see that because this Colorado offense, they have a few guys. LaVisca La La Chenault is, you know, maybe the best offensive player in the entire Pac-12. Like you mentioned, Steven Montez can do some things with his legs and his arms, but – 
they are not Arizona in terms of the points they've put up, in terms of the, the rushing yards, passing yards, total yards, anything that they've done offensively has not been nearly as impressive. So I'm very curious to see if that defense now, after, again, maybe there's some adrenaline going and playing at home in that Arizona performance, can you do that on the road against Colorado? I think you talk about it all the time. I mean, the, the sort of cliche when you go on the road, you bring your run game, you bring your defense. They're leaving a lot of their run game at home, unable to play in this game. And the, again, they're leaving a lot of their defense at home too, but can that show up uh, and go? I think your point about Keenan Kristen getting some time, uh, getting some reps, getting some carries, getting tackled and understanding that that speed does translate to games. I mean, he ran away from Arizona defensive players. I think getting that confidence built up is going to be is is going to be huge against Colorado because they're going to have to rely on him a lot. I'm curious your take too about what we might see from the offense of USC against uh, against Colorado. Clay Helton sort of said, you know, yeah, we've got running backs there. We also have some wrinkles that we can do, um, you know, in the run game to help us out. Obviously, wasn't going to sort of show his hand uh, any more than he had to when it came to that. But feels like Keaton Slovis, like you mentioned, a true freshman still. But the performances that he is putting together and really strung together after that BYU game, it's been really impressive for me, the biggest key offensively, and, and I'll get your biggest key offensively too. Starting fast. I think you can't let Colorado trick you for a quarter and a half, you know, okay. They're going to, yes, they're going to do something different. Can you adjust to it a little bit faster, certainly faster than you did against Notre Dame and faster also than you did against Arizona because Again, you talk about the Friday night game. This is one of those things. If you kind of trip and stumble offensively for a little while and Colorado finds a touchdown here and there and it's close, you know, getting late in the game, it, it might not matter how well you play defensively. I, I think offensively, this is one of those games where you have to carry that momentum and score 10, 14, 17, you know, points in the first quarter and get going because this Colorado defense in the first half this year has just that they've let teams just jump all over them. Looking at this game, I think Arizona State's first half, when you look at just first halves and second halves, uh, Arizona State's first quarter, I think, was the only only quarter in those uh, first and second quarters this year that they've held an opposing offense under 100 yards. So you, you can't let that happen, I think, if you're USC. No matter the backups and no matter the situation, for me, it's jumping out early. Well, I, I, I look at both sides of the ball. I mean, uh, looking at Colorado defensively, they're, I don't know if horrible is giving them too much credit, but they're in the bottom 20 in, in total defense, scoring defense, pass defense. But when you see pass defense, that jumps out to me because that's supposed to be the strength of the Trojans' offense. Uh, first thing I'm going to look for is how is Mel Tucker going to play the secondary? I don't think they'll go man-to-man. The only team that went man-to-man, I think, was uh, uh, no, was it BYU, I think. Was, was, U- not Utah. BYU. Utah. Utah, yeah. Excuse me, Utah. And certainly, yeah. we remember what happened there. Yeah, it's not a good idea, right? So, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I think the one thing uh, offensively for the Trojans is the fact that because Kristan has got that speed, he's a home run hitter, okay? Uh, if the Trojans go to more play-action pass with him, 
you know what? That's going to freeze their secondary a little bit uh, because the last thing they want is this freshman getting off early. Uh, I don't care whether they're playing Notre Dame or they're playing Arizona. If this guy gets a crack and he can get an angle to get to the sidelines or break out, nobody's going to catch him because uh, I don't know anybody else uh, that they play has got that type of speed. So it's going to work. I think one thing that you brought up that I'd like to amplify a little bit was that Clay says they've got a unique game plan. Okay, they're, they're going to do some things. Now, when you say, well, what could he do? I could see fly sweeps to Amon Ross, St. Brown. Uh, I could see some reverses. Uh, and here's what they can do with uh, Chris. They can run misdirection with him. Uh, they can run a draw play with him. They can run a screen play with him. Uh, they can do a lot of things that they don't normally do, which they, in my opinion, should have been doing for a long time, but they haven't done it. So as far as I'm concerned, if coaching is going to make be a factor here, Graham Harrell can really score a lot of points uh, in confidence of the Trojan fan base who might be wavering a little bit on what they've seen. Uh, defensively, here's the thing. the dip, Defensively, SC has got to be aware that if – I mean, I wouldn't compare Montez and Tate. I would think that Montez is the more pure passer. And, you know, the thing about LaVisca Chenault, every time I watch him, he's always hurt. He's either on the sidelines in a, in a hoodie or he's limping off the field. Uh, you know, I've stood next to him at the Pac-12 media day. He's enormous. Uh, you know, he's six foot four, whatever he is, 215. Uh, you know, how's that going to play with the young secondary? So we'll, we'll have to see. But I think the thing about uh, uh, Colorado's offense is I think if it got on track and Montez, who's been hot and cold, uh, suddenly gets hot, let's say, in the second half, uh, you know what? The Trojans could be in for a real battle in spite of the fact that they're double-digit favorites in this one. Yeah, I, I think getting those guys back in the secondary, getting Greg Johnson back, even though Max Williams certainly ha has played terrifically, and, and I think he's sort of a mainstay in that secondary moving forward. But getting Elijah Griffin back on the outside and, and you know, Isaac Taylor-Stewart su surprisingly played as much as he did against Arizona, but his health going to continue to improve it's going to be interesting interesting to see chris Steele, the the true freshman cornerback he tweaked his knee uh, in a practice on tuesday clay helton said probably more of a game time decision uh on him but getting those other three guys back and sort of much closer to full health uh, i think is big against a colorado offense again that, that wants to run the ball but they've got some weapons at wide receiver and you you couldn't afford to go with a bunch of true freshmen, I think, in the secondary again. That would have been a tough task, uh, again, trying to figure out where LaVisca Chenault is lining up. Because, like like you mentioned, he was banged up again this year. He he had a uh, a core muscle injury. Um, you know, Colorado coach Mel Tucker didn't, didn't want to go into a ton of detail about what was going on with him. But uh, missed the game and has sort of been limited. But he's a guy that can – line up out wide and end up taking a handoff. He can line up just straight in the wildcat. He hit USC for a long touchdown run uh, in the game last year, around 50 yards. And he has speed and strength. And it's he, he is a tough matchup if he's fully healthy. Uh, and, and so he will be the guy to watch. And then Alex Fontenot, the, the running back, has sort of really come on. He's coming off a 100-yard game against Washington State. So Colorado is sort of the, they're what they've been, you know, the, the past few years, a, a handful of weapons offensively, still not, you know, it's, it's a sizable offensive line, but certainly nothing, you know, that, that worries you after 
USC went up against Notre Dame and it, and it wasn't a phenomenal, you know, performance against Notre Dame, but they've seen, you know, they, they've seen a real offensive line and, and the Colorado offensive line is fine, but certainly nowhere near what you're talking about when, when you talk about a Notre Dame uh, offensive line. So one, one other point I think that's interesting when we talk about the run game, because the, the, the passing game is going to be important. That Graham Harrell wants to throw the ball. Clay Helton wants to throw the ball. You've got a quarterback now that has proven that he can take, take care of the ball and can make the right decisions. But I, I think it's interesting when you look at Keenan Christian, we talked about him getting some, some uh, confidence and a comfort level with what he did. I think it's important for him to have put that on tape because I, I think the Colorado defense comes in and maybe, maybe they're overthinking what he could, I mean, you, they've seen the speed now. They know what it is. You're not sort of guessing. And I think that's the kind of thing where, you know, maybe somebody's out of position because they're trying to overplay him or, or you could take advantage of that uh, a little bit. And I would expect certainly the run game against Colorado because you have those running backs where you really don't want a guy like that sitting back there and trying to pick up you know, blitzes from 230 pound running backs or, or trying to, you know, take on a, uh, a defensive end or anything like that. I, I think you've got, you know, wide receiver screen game. I think you've got some maybe design swing passes. Uh, like you said that, you know, we've, we've seen them throw the, the shovel pass, I think a couple times. So those could all be things that kind of play into when you talk about run game, their throws, but it all sort of works uh, in, in that run game. But I think overall, this is just a game for me, and, and I'm guessing for you too, where let this is setting up the Oregon game. How much confidence sort of can you take out of this performance to then come home and play what is the, the biggest game left of the year uh, against Oregon? So I think that's going to be, um, for, for me at least, what you're taking out. Can, can you go take care of business against Colorado, which they did against Arizona. I mean, that, that's one of those things that there's so much kind of off the field talk about the coach and where they're going to go and, and what's going to happen there. But they, they took care of business against Arizona. This is another chance for them to go and, and take care of business, finally get that win on the road. USC 0-3 on the road uh, this year. Colorado 0-13 against USC in its history. So one of those sides is getting a win uh, on Friday night. And for, for me, that's, that's kind of the biggest, my, my takeaway, um, at, or, or I guess my look forward uh, as we're looking into it. Can USC just take care of business with, again, with the injuries and with everything going on, go get a win against the Colorado team that you should be able to beat? Well, I think that uh, USC cannot look towards Oregon because a loss at Colorado would be devastating because that would put Utah right back in it uh, because let's suppose that SC lost to Colorado. What happens if they lose at Oregon and Utah wins the next two games? SC is going to be a lot of trouble to win the Pac-12 title. Uh, it's almost, almost feast or famine to me, this game on Friday night. If they win, hey, they've got a two-game winning streak going into Oregon. They'll get players back that are a little bit banged up right now. Uh, I would be shocked if the Coliseum isn't close to full against Oregon. You know, it's a five o'clock game. It's, you know, very doable for fans. Uh, but before they get to Oregon, uh, they've got to win on the road. I don't think there's any way that SC can win the Pac-12 title and lose every game on the road in conference. 
And that, and, and because let, let's face it, uh, what brings you more uh, uh, nervousness, playing at Colorado on Friday night or three weeks from now playing at Arizona State? Okay. Uh, I think we'd all agree that Arizona State's the better team. Uh, I mean, if you can't get the Colorado win, uh, what is that going to do when you go against uh, Arizona State? I mean, pretty soon this streak of not winning road games is not a good thing. But they can erase a lot of memories and, and really uh, project themselves into a really positive outcome. That's how big I think that this uh, Colorado game is in Boulder. Yeah, I, I can look forward to the Oregon game. They, they cannot. I, I think that's a, a good point. They've got to be able to handle it. And Hunter Eccles this week, he said, you know, that they're fully in that every game's a championship uh, championship game. And you hear that all the time. Can they actually carry that on the field? Can they play Friday night like that's what it is? Because, like you said, Utah seems to have found something. And, boy, I would not – if I was USC, I would not like to bet on – them dropping a game before the end of the season. So USC is really going to need to keep pace and, and keep winning. From here, let, let's go into a little bit of the Pac-12 this weekend. Uh, a couple of interesting games. I, I want to do one that may, maybe ends up not being so interesting, but Arizona State, a team that USC, like you mentioned, gets in a few weeks. They're coming out to LA. They play UCLA. Quick thought, Arizona State w winning that game uh, against UCLA? You know, I think that Arizona State should beat UCLA, but there's just something about this UCLA team. If you can go to Washington State and pour on 67 points away on the road, and then you come back and look what they did to Stanford. Uh, and I know Stanford isn't world beaters this year, but you know what? They're capable of winning a game against an Arizona State. Remember, Arizona State's got a lot of guys from Southern California on their team. And uh, there's, there's a little added pressure when that happens. And I think UCLA kind of figures, you know, that, this is a winnable game for us. Uh, I think one of the biggest aspects of it will be the, the attendance at the Rose Bowl. Uh, is UCLA even going to feel like it's a home field advantage? Is Arizona State not going to feel like it's a, you know, Tempe away from home advantage? So a lot of it's going to be, uh, you know, played on it. I, what's your thoughts on that Arizona State-UCLA game? I, you know, for some reason, I, I, I picked UCLA earlier in the year on one of these things, and they ended up losing. But, but I feel like UCLA is, for some, you know, the, I think they're getting better. And I think Arizona State, Utah, that's one of those things where Utah can beat you a couple weeks in a row when, when they put that sort of defensive performance together against you. So I, I do think UCLA gets a win uh, against Arizona State. If the, you know, early season UCLA team shows up, it wouldn't surprise me that much if Arizona State kind of gets on track a little bit. But I think that's kind of an interesting one to watch. And certainly any team that USC has coming up is going to be interesting to watch. And speaking of that, Oregon hosts Washington State. Washington State just got done beating Colorado by a ton uh, last week. But this is one of those things that could kind of put a real damper on the Pac-12 overall. If Oregon loses another game, you kind of have – I guess Utah is probably still in that playoff talk, but Oregon seems to be the team right now that's kind of trending that way. And they'll trip to USC afterward. I, I think that this Oregon team is for real. I, I think they beat Washington State uh, on Saturday. I uh, totally, totally agree. Totally agree. So then let's get to the one that matters. Your pick for USC going out to Colorado Friday night. Well, 
if USC plays as well as USC can play and Colorado plays as well as they can play, USC is going to win. I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to say it's by 24 points or 28 points. I think, you know, one of the people to pay attention to will be a place kicker, Chase McGrath. This is a Chase McGrath type of game where, you know, anything can happen in that cold weather. And, you know, it's sometimes a little harder to kick field goals than cold weather. But uh, I, I like that as a, as a, I don't think it's a secret weapon, but it's definitely a weapon. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's close. I think USC wins. Um, but but I, I just don't know if it's going to be that blowout. I, I need to see this offense be able to pick it up quickly. Early in the season, it was happening. They, they were scoring on their first drive, first couple drives of a few of those early games. It just ha- hasn't happened lately as defenses have gotten that film and they've been able to adjust. Until I see that sort of pick up again, this is one of those games where you can see it kind of, you know, some, some punts early and maybe there's a turnover or something and it stays close for a little bit. USC has the talent to go in and, and beat Colorado. New, you know, neutral field at the Coliseum. We're, we're not really talking about, you know, is this game close? But like you mentioned, there's something about that road game. Until they get over the hump, it's just too tough to predict that they're going to go do it because – they haven't yet. So I, I think both of us are comfortable, you know, assuming USC gets out of there with a win. But the way it happens and, and point spread and all that stuff, I, I think it could be could end up being an interesting game. So we'll see how that goes again Friday night, the kick as USC travels to Boulder to take on the Colorado Buffaloes. That's our look at it for Greg Katz. This is Eric McKinney. Thanks for watching. We are SC Game Day. Oh!